0: Welcome back to the Hawk Dozen podcast, where each month the Young Alumni Advisory Board nominates one stellar graduate of the last decade to interview and to share their story. Regardless of where they're from or where they are now, their time at Laura's connects them
1: all. Let's Let's do do this. this. The Duhok Dozen Podcast, where the Loris Young Alumni Advisory Board spotlights a young graduate each month. I'm Allison Wong, and our 12th and final Hawk Dozen recipient for 2023 is 2014 graduate, Teresa Gray. Welcome, Teresa. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Teresa, you were selected as our December Do-Hawk Dozen for everything you've accomplished during your time at Loras and in your career. Your nominator believed that you are an ethical decision maker and our young alumni board agreed. Your nominator also said, Something that has always stood out to me about Teresa is no matter how busy she is, she still manages to give an incredible amount of her time back to others. From her time at Loras with Bible studies, to being a peer assistant, to even providing car rides to do Hawks without cars, Teresa embodied Do Hawks supporting Do Hawks, and still does almost 10 years later. She is ethical and always supports her community and all that she does. Wow, How does it feel very to hear fun. that? Yeah. yeah. Very <laughs> I loved that. So let's go back to the beginning of your Loras journey. How did you choose to attend Loras? Well, I
0: kind of had a couple stipulations in mind. I knew I wanted to go to a Catholic school. My faith is very important to me. I went K through eighth, and then high, Catholic high school. So almost all of the colleges I looked at were Catholic. Um, I I wanted a school that was far enough away from my parents that they could not surprise me as a surprise guest. Like they'd have to call me and say, "Hey, is it okay if we come?" But close enough that I could make it home if like, I don't know, I broke an ankle or something and I needed to go home. Um, I wanted a school that provided scholarships for academics. And I kind of wanted a smaller school. I looked at some bigger schools and I like even visited Marquette. And I think after being in one of those classes, like as a student and sitting in on something, I wanted to be in a classroom where I wasn't just a number. I didn't want to be in a lecture hall and not know my professors. I wanted uh, to be able to have a relationship with my professors. And Laura's kind of checked all those boxes and then some just, yeah, it was a little bit smaller than I expected because at the time it was like the size of my high school maybe, but it was well worth it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Where are you from then? I didn't know. I'm from Rockford. Uh,
0: okay, well, technically Belvedere, just outside of that, but some of your other Duhawk dozen, um, Father Charles Warren was in January, and then even Nick Satterley, Um uh-huh. we all went to the same high school and kind of knew each other from, like, youth group growing up.
1: Gotcha, okay, well, wow. love those connections, and so during your time at Loris, you were very, very involved in lots of different things. Daughters of Isabella, Delta Epsilon Sigma, Focus Bible Study, PA, and the coveted Miss Loris. That's awesome. How did all of these co-curriculars in addition to your Loris education help set you up for success after graduation?
0: Well, a lot of that was kind of helping me um, kind of just figure out who I was and what I liked to do. Uh, A lot of the co-curriculars that I had either involved my faith or involved opportunities that helped me grow in some way. So like Daughters of Isabella, um, we put on a formal every year and I became the DJ for two of the years. I was DJ T-Bird and kind of like ran the organization my senior year. I was the regent. And so it took a lot of time and responsibility, but also time management and working with other organizations. I, I kind of laugh because do Duhak supporting do is like my life motto, except not everyone's a do but just like finding ways to support others, the Bible studies that I led and like working with women, um, in discipleship through focus, uh, really set the tone for who I am and what I do and what I want to do with my life. And all those extracurriculars were like fun. So I wanted to do them. And, um, I, I, I guess I was in Delta Epsilon Sigma, but I don't even remember what that was or what I did with it. Um, one that wasn't mentioned that I'm actually super proud of is I was the intramural athlete of the year, three of my four years. Uh, if you go into Graeber, I'm on the wall. I'm there. I love that. Um, yeah, it was How just did we miss it was, that? <laughs> it was fun. It was things that I like to do. It was, um, yeah, the the event planning aspects kind of carry over into all my future jobs and serving others, being part of people's faith journeys, like all of that was groundwork was being done while I was at Loris.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like reading up on your kind of career, you know, looking at your LinkedIn before we talk, because I, I, you know, we didn't know each other. Yeah. Um, I, I saw that, you know, faith a kind of event planning support that seems to all be like a, a common denominator in all of your jobs. But it also seemed to be something that was rooted at more at learning about all these things you were involved in. So you said you were trying to like figure out yourself what you liked, but it seemed like those core values, like were always there from the beginning. Um, so I guess just how, how did you find it um, kind of translate all of that into your career?
0: So something that um, kind of runs through my, my own life journey, my faith journey, is this like relationship, identity, mission, um, finding out who I am in relation to Jesus Christ, in relation to his church, in relation to the people around me, um, knowing that we are made for love and made to serve others and love others and kind of know Christ and bring him to other people That kind of helps give me my identity of who I am, of what I live for. Um, I joke there's in the Catholic Church, there's there's saints, people who are are recognized by the church as good and holy people. And sometimes there are saints and companions, quote, quote. And I always joked about just wanting to be a companion. I don't need to be named. I can be the background person. I can just be along for the ride. Um, But helping helping others get there and be there Uh, and then that drives mission and that's like who I am and what I do and Loris really helped helped me find those other people with me like I have some of my best friends are do through and through to this day we still keep in touch and the the people that I rely on and I'm able to like bounce ideas off of and talk to are all we're all on the same page we're all headed headed to heaven hopefully and hopefully we're able to take each other with us so it's just been a great blessing and one of the best decisions of my life was to be a Duhok.
1: Yeah I I love that you're so involved you know you're still keeping in touch with the school and with uh your friends and that's that's great that's what we all want to do um after our time at Loras. Do you have a favorite spot on campus?
0: Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, for any of my contemporaries who were with me in my four years, you would find me third floor under the stairs in the library. I was always there. If I wasn't in my apartment or in my room or in the cafeteria, any of my time, you walk into the library, you head up the stairs, and then underneath those stairs, there were like these two lounge chairs, kind of. I don't know if they're still there. I hope they are. We joked about putting a plaque up one day, um but that was like the spot that was where I hung out my freshman year my first year I was there probably till midnight any given night uh all the other years that's where like friends would come to congregate they would know that's where I am I'd even take naps there like that was my place third floor under the stairs that's where you could find me it was my spot
1: I love that great I don't think I had a specific spot in the library but I definitely like to sit by the big windows you know get that view um Mm -hmm. You know, if that was available, that was that was kind of where I gravitated toward. <laughs> yeah. Um, any key do in your life who have had an impact on your Loris experience, maybe you know, those people you still keep in touch with, but who is really pivotal in your experience?
0: Oh gosh, so many. Um, before I even got to Loris, there's actually uh, a pretty decent contingent from Rockford who paved the way. So there was uh Dave Spitaro and Marianne giavingo who were Older than me, who I never even crossed paths with at Loris. And then another Duhok dozen, Nick Satterley, and a year younger than him, Patrick O'Grady. Uh, they were both in my high school youth group. And so when they went to Loris and they came home and they talked highly of it, it kind of helped me lo- at least look into it. And so there was my first exposure. Uh, through my four years, I, and even now, I'm still very close to Father Chuck Warren, the January Duhok dozen. Um, Lucas Evitt and his wife Chelsea are both Dewhawks. Uh Teresa Mannion is one of my best friends and was my maid of honor, and then I guess part of my bridal party were Duhawks too, because my friend Megan Moore and then Bree Pumilia Burnett um, both are all, Teresa, Megan, and Brie were all bridal party members for me, like, yeah, some of my best friends.
1: Oh, that's so great. I, I hope they hear these shout outs. Yeah. Um, so let's, I kind of want to go back to, um, talking about your career. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you give us an update of what you are doing now? So after Loris, uh, I
0: became a focus missionary fellowship of Catholic university students. Uh, it was during Loris that I was invested in by an older student. Um, Bailey Funstein now she got married, but Zach and Bailey were both students. And they were in what was called discipleship. And so the focused missionaries on campus would help them learn how to pray, lead a Bible study, invest in others, just establish that relationship with Jesus Christ in a way that was so naturally grab like I gravitated towards them. They were so joyful and fun and yeah, holy. Like I wanted to be around them. So after four years of being involved, invested in. I wanted to do that, so I became a missionary. I was placed at the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, which is not like Loras. It is a very large Big Ten school. Um, And I spent four years there. It's a two-year commitment, but I went a little overboard. I spent four years there, uh, served as both a missionary and a team director, where we lead students in discipleships, like one-on-one mentorship, we lead Bible studies. We invest in students to lead Bible studies. Uh, We put on large scale events. We put on small scale events. We recruit like it. It's really kind of covers just so much of the work that was done is like ongoing. It like prepares you for life. So after focus, um, uh, well, in my last year I met my now husband and then I ended up moving to Springfield. I served partly for a short amount of time at a parish where I was the director of faith formation and evangelization and then was asked to interview for a position here at the diocese which is like headquarters admin um and so now I serve as the executive secretary to the vicar general who's like the right hand man to the bishop um and then two other of the big bosses, I guess. I don't know what else to call them for layman's terms, but, uh, yeah, we have a lot going on. One of the biggest things coming up is there's a national across the United States, national Eucharistic procession. And in July, it'll come through our diocese. So I'm on the team preparing for that, which is huge, um, in terms of the Catholic church in the U S And we actually just put on a 5,000-person event here in Springfield that was also huge, but just for our diocese, the um, Eucharistic Congress. And so all of that has been kind of tied up in what I've already experienced in the past. I did event planning. I was leading Bible studies. I was trying to share the gospel in whatever way possible. And then all the admin work. And that's all kind of tied up now. It's what I
1: do now. And I'm a mom. So I got all of that going on and yeah, all that tied in. Yeah, I was gonna say, it just seems like you are just, you found what your strengths are and you're doing them. And I'm sure they're so lucky to have you. Like you sound like you, I would want you on my team if I was planning an event or you know needed some tasks done. You sound like the person to get it done. <laughs> I try to joke,
0: I tell Let myself us, uh, I'm the hype woman. <laughs> yeah, bring the hype in the office.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Everyone needs that. Tell us a little bit more about your family. You mentioned your mom. Love to hear about that.
0: So my husband, Nick, uh, works for the state of Illinois. He works in, you know, I want to be able to tell you, but I'm going to just say that he's like an intelligence officer. So he's not like a trooper, but he works for state police. Um, And then I have a three-year-old, Faustina. She is a very, very precocious, very funny, smart, redheaded little whip of a girl who, yeah, I can't even begin to describe what she's going to be like when she's older because she keeps me on my toes. And then my little Charlie is, uh, he just turned one back in September and he is on the verge of walking. He scoots, he uses one hand to support him, but any moment he could take off, and the Christmas tree may come down if he starts running for it.
1: Oh, that's so fun! Like three and one; those are such good ages. I have uh, just nieces and a nephew right now, but it's really fun to um, be around little kids, especially around the holidays. Like, oh yeah, what a, what a fun time! Mm-hmm. Um. So we, we've kind of mentioned Dewhawks supporting Dewhawks. That's been a theme throughout uh, this podcast and also your life. Um, do you have any specific kind of events or like milestones of Dewhawks supporting Dewhawks that you can think of before, you know, before you graduated, after you graduated, just anything that kind of sticks out of like a pivotal moment of like, oh, this is Dewhawks supporting Dewhawks.
0: Yeah, there's a couple that I can think of when I was a missionary, part of the, the gig, I guess, is that you have to fundraise your entire salary mm-hmm. um, and bring people into mission in that way. Like not everyone can give up two years to go somewhere and give up their lives, but people can support financially. And so it's an opportunity for others to go on mission while still living their regular life. So it's actually Laura's alum, were two of my biggest financial backers, like my mission partners were Mr. and Mrs. Breitbach of the Breitbach Catholic leaders and thinkers program. And then, um, Tom talkie, who I think is a board of regent and they made me being a missionary possible. And so it was it wouldn't be without them that I would be able to do what I did for four years because they supported me in that way. Um, but then throughout my life, like my yeah, I have to give them a shout out. Father Chuck Warren, Lucas Evett, and Teresa Mannion. These are my three people. Like Father Chuck, I think, said the same names when he did his interview, but we've just always been able to keep in touch. We don't live near each other. We don't necessarily see each other as often, but we try to do uh, monthly or even every other month, group chat, phone call, some sort of check-in. So, I guess an event, it's not even about me. It's about dohawks supporting dohawks. Father Chuck Warren's first mass and his ordination, like we were all there together for it. When Lucas got married to Chelsea, we were all there for it. When I got married to Nick, we were all there. for. It. So it's just like this time to come together. And like I said, yeah, my bridesmaids, three out of five of them are dohawks and we still keep in touch. So I think there's always dohawks supporting dohawks in little ways and in big ways. And that's, just how it is and how I hope it always is with everybody, whether it's me and my friends or other dohawks, just like knowing that the community is there for you and that even distant random connections uh, can be a means of support. When I was at U of I, uh, Doohawk Day happened and I was with a bunch of alumni who are not dohawks. But I had talked about Loris so much that some of the students were like, I want to do Hawk Day. So I like gave out some of my Loris t-shirts and I planned a Hawk Day in Champaign, Illinois. And two people came. I emailed, like, I asked alumni for a list and I emailed everyone within a radius of whatever. And, and two guys came um, and they both knew each other, which was great because I didn't know them. Uh, but they showed up at the bar and then I had students with me wearing purple and gold and that was just like a tiny little dohawk supporting dohawks. like these two guys came to Duhok Day and they did not know me who invited them, but they came so that was a nice little surprise when I was missing dohawk Day away from all my friends, so that was nice.
1: Oh my God. I love that story. That is awesome. I love that. You're like the people you were working with and the students you worked with just knew you so well that they were like, what is this Do Hawk day that you speak of? I would like to partake. Yeah.
0: Like I said, you got to be a hype person. You got to talk yeah. about whatever, whatever I'm passionate about. It's going to spill out into whoever I interact with, regardless of what it is. Is it the best shawarma I've ever had? Yeah. I'm going to tell you about it. Is it about Jesus Christ? Yeah. I'm going to tell you about it it's
1: just how I am. I can't help it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And just going back to the beginning of your answer, you know, you saying those, the the people who supported you while you were a missionary financially, I mean, just how did that feel to know that these people who are connected to your college were supporting you in your passion, even after you graduated? Yeah, I kind of lucked out. I think um, my senior
0: year, there was a lunch that was for the Board of Regents, but they had invited uh, maybe a dozen of us, I don't know, but do have a dozen. They invited a dozen seniors to the lunch. And so I was sat at a table with some Board of Regents and they asked us like, what are we doing after we graduate and all these different things. So by then I already knew I would be a focus missionary. And I also knew that I was gonna have to fundraise, but like, I didn't know how to do that yet. I hadn't gone through the training so when they asked what comes next and I told them like I could get moved anywhere in the country and I have to fundraise my salary, uh, Mr. Tom Talkie just like gave me his business card and said, when you start all this, give me a call. And that was a miracle in and of itself. And he connected me then to Mr. and Mrs. Breitbach. And so just knowing that they're supportive of of loris but of me as a graduate like i wasn't going to serve at loris i was serving somewhere else but their investment in me and in the mission of making the gospel known was so encouraging like knowing okay i have at least one person who's going to support me when i didn't know how to fundraise my salary at all so that was like the starting point of i can do this and i have people who will support me so that was huge to know this is possible. And people want to be on mission with me. So that was amazing.
1: Yeah, no, that really is an amazing story. And when those things happen in your life, where it just seems like, you know, it just all fell into place. That's just the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're heading into the Christmas season, um, end of the year. So it's a reflective time of year. Um, So just to kind of close out, you know, what would you say you're most thankful for this year as you kind of look back?
0: Yeah, my, obviously my husband and my children, like they are the greatest gifts of my life. I am exhausted, but I am so grateful and they're always keeping me on my toes. My husband's phenomenal. He does so well with the kids. Um, So I'm grateful for them. And then my friends, like, I'm always going to go back. These people help me be who I am. Um, Friends that I keep in touch with near and far, but just knowing like Every year we have each other's backs and every year, even if we haven't seen each other, we're not together or whatever, like just knowing that we have each other and we're all headed towards the same goal. Like I said, like we want to help each other be better, be, be more, be Loris. I don't know if they still use that catchphrase, but just being, being the best version of ourselves. Um, So yeah, I'm just grateful for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I mean the words to describe you that your nominator used were passionate, dedicated, everyone's biggest champion. you've even said that yourself, just the ultimate dohawk supporting Duwhawks. So thank you so much for coming on for sharing your story and just giving us all the energy we need to be everyone's hype woman. I love this.
0: That's what I that's what I strive for. If that's what I can do, that's what I'm gonna do <laughs>
1: Great. Well, thanks again, Teresa, for being on the show with us today. And for our listeners, join us in January when we will kick off our Hawk Dozen class of 2024. We're excited to keep sharing the wonderful stories of our young alumni and you could be next. Thanks to Loras College and the Young Alumni Advisory Board for sponsoring this podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.